For whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Romans, the 15th chapter and 4th verse. Hello there, I'm JT Lawson, and this is Aforetime, a biblical true crime podcast which glorifies God and not the crime. Greetings and salutations, my friends. This is episode one of Aforetime, which I stated earlier. It's a biblical true crime podcast which glorifies God and not the crime. We live in a world nowadays that crime is very relevant, sadly. And podcasts has taken on this dynamic of actually going deep into the essence of crimes. Multiple podcasts on true crimes. So it has been laid upon my heart to bring upon the world and your ears a podcast which looks at crime from a different aspect. Not so much the heinous and disruption that crime brings. Of course, that's a given. But to really look inside how God views it and to really look at God's grace from the biblical account, from the 66 God grace was shine forth with sin abounds, grace abounds more. And this right here, this story we're dealing with Bathsheba and in dealing with King David truly shows forth the unmeasurable, unfailing love of God. Maybe you have been in a situation where you felt like you have done something so wrong that you have come to grips that you have sinned against the God of heaven and that you have done something that has truly and dearly moved you farther away from God than you have ever been. I'm here to tell you by the love of God that you too have this grace in store for you. All you have to do is ask it acts of it because his grace is poured out without measure God the father poured out all of heaven when he gave us Jesus the son of God so that we could experience this type of grace and that's why David explained in Psalms 51 when he called upon the mercy of God when he cried out creating me a clean heart God renewing me a right spirit cast me not away from thy presence take not that Holy Spirit away from me it was that connection he was a man after God's own heart he felt the brokenness maybe you have felt the brokenness But just know that we can learn from this. That through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, we may have hope in Jesus Christ. So I I make this appeal to you. Trust in the unfailing, unmeasurable love 
and grace of God, no matter what you have done. Learn from this story. I pray that you can learn from this story and you can understand the love that God has for you, just like he did for David, no matter what you've done. And this it is in the in the crime of the king. There is justice. Yes, David experienced consequences. Those things were inevitable because of the act that he committed. But God did not stop loving David. And he cleansed him of his sins. And that's why. And that's why if you are to read, I believe it's Psalms. 32 that's Psalms 32 Psalms 32 the first chapter excuse me it's first one this is Psalms 32 first one this is a joy of forgiveness and David says David exclaims Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Let me reverse two as well. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and is and in whose spirit there is no deceit. This is beautiful. That God, through Christ Jesus, will forgive us of our sins. God has given us the ability to be forgiven of our sins by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. How wonderful this is. This is is the good news. The good news was expressed to David. Hundreds of years before Jesus ever walked upon the earth. This is the beauty of the grace of God. And in this heinous crime, God's love is still being brought forth. And that's what this podcast is all about. Yes, this is not condoning adultery. No, this is not condoning murder or hatred. This is condoning the love of God because in this world there is crime but let us glorify God in that and we can learn that justice would be brought forth that God justice looks upon the whole earth and these stories that by the grace of God I will continue to relay and dealing with you know true Biblical true crimes that this will allow us to see God in a different light, not with the gavel ready to bring forth judgment upon us because we sin. Yes, we are sinners saved by grace, and God wants us to look at Him because He draws us closer to Him with His acts of goodness. His mercies are renewed daily. And no, grace is not a license to sin. 
But the more you come in contact with this grace, the more you don't want to sin, the more you want to be able to just draw closer to God and do what's pleasing in his sight and to invite him through Christ to come into your life. So you can say, as Paul did, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. In the life in which I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. This is the type of life that God wants us to live. And in closing, I want to do two things. Of course, I want to read Psalms 51 because... This is the acknowledgement of the sin, the acknowledgement of wanting to be saved and repent. This is a prayer of repentance. I would like to read this prayer, Psalm 51, and also I would like to pray for whoever may be out there, you know, who may be able to come to grips that God leaves on their hearts to actually hear this podcast and to receive repentance to receive the love of God but first I would like to pray uh, this prayer that David prayed a prayer of repentance the chief musician a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba And the Bible says, verse 1 of Psalms 51, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, verse 6, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the inward and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. Verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. The God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Verse 15. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall shoot forth your praise. For you do not despise, excuse me, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. 
The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Verse 19. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Dear gracious and loving Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, we look at these stories in the Bible, especially this well-known one dealing with David and Bathsheba. And we feel the need to want to repent. I know I do. And Lord, in light of these crimes, this crime in particular, Lord, I pray that we can find and see and in Embrace the grace that you have given King David as it trickles down from your loving hands to us. That your grace abounds much more than our sinful nature if we trust and have faith in you. And Lord, I just ask that you would forgive us of our sins. And for those who are listening and may listen, this podcast I pray that you give them a heart to receive that Lord that they look at you as a loving God with open arms waiting to hear a repenting voice and to embrace and accept your loving grace Lord I know that sometimes we feel far away from you because that's what sin does sin separates us from you so, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous. As Jesus intercedes on our behalf in the most holy place, I pray you read our hearts and give us the power and the ability to come forth and submit to you in love because you loved us first. Bring us back to our first love, O oh God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for giving us such stories that we can see that there is a happy ending, even through the crime and through the unholy rubbish. There we can find your grace as a shining diamond and hold on to it. Yea, find gold that we can have for our treasure. In beholding such grace, O oh Lord, we thank you. I thank you for the ability to learn from these stories that we can have hope in the scriptures, knowing that, that what you have done for King David, you can do for us as well. So, Lord, I pray for those that may have the ear to hear and that they, too, will embrace your great grace and walk away knowing that you love them and that they too can have a heart after you. Thank you again for this opportunity to be able to share your word and to be able to just glorify you, O oh God, and not the crime. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So again, I thank you all for uh, 
taking part and having ears to hear this podcast. I know this podcast may be rough around the edges a bit. It's my first time doing it. But I, I pray that, you know, God will gain the increase. And if you would like to send any questions or comments, uh, I'm on Twitter. You can actually uh, look up. My handle is Biblical T Crimes. And that is Biblical T Crimes or at Biblical T Crimes. Or you can look up a four time underscore six six. Of course, that's a four time A F O R E T I M E underscore six six and that six six of course stands for the 66 uh, books of the bible and as we go through these uh crimes in the bible we can definitely look more intensely and not just the crimes themselves but learn about the love of god and of course glorify god and not the crime god be with you all and until next time god bless in jesus name Amen. Books of the Bible. So we have it here that this podcast will bring about justice in so many ways. And again, Romans, the 14th chapter, excuse me, 15th chapter and full verse brings about so much knowledge as far as wise descriptions being written. Therefore, I learn it. That we can learn from these accounts, even from the bad ones, to show forth the glory of God. How God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son. That even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it is a learning in these crimes that I want to bring about God's love, truly and dearly, on both sides. The victims and those who may be performing the crimes. So this first podcast, I want to really look at the well-known story of King David and Bathsheba. And this is entitled episode one, Crime of the King. So again, this is a well-known story. King David, who was a shepherd boy, a son of Jesse, who had older brothers. And of course, First Samuel, second Samuel really brings into light, you know, his upbringing as far as him being chosen to be king. And I mean, King David had a very, even before he became king, he had a very adventurous upbringing. I mean, he slayed the giant Goliath. I mean, with five smooth stones. I mean, talk about great beginnings. King David had that. So here we have it that as he grew you know, in stature and his relationship with God, he became known as a man at the God's own heart. So therefore it came to a point where he would be in position to be a king. And of course, after the fall of King Saul, who was the first king of Israel, David was in line to be king, anointed by the prophet Samuel and taking his position and becoming a great king. But of course, As the story goes on, it shows that he had his flaws as well. And it is in the book of 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, 1 through 15 verse, which brings about the account of this 
crime, if you will, and a crime that is punishable upon death, truly, according to the Mosaic law, Mosaic law, excuse me. So we really have to look at this, of course, not just from human eyes, but how God looks at this. Adultery was truly a crime that was punishable upon death. People would get stoned for this. It was part of the Ten Commandments. And also it was uh, basically reiterated in the law of Moses. And death was to be given to those who were in the act. We can take the account even in the New Testament with Jesus. And of course the adulterous woman. Some proclaimed to be Mary. And she was brought before Jesus kind of a trick if you will seeing what Jesus would do because according to the law of Moses she was to be stoned and the person that she was in the act with so we see that even in the New Testament is highlighted that this was a death sentence if this crime was to be committed and David even though being king he was still subject to the law of Moses so again I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself but this is truly and dearly showing the grace of God, full-fledged, his love, even for those who are in the act and also for those who are committing the act. So we see it that in the book of 2 Samuel, I'm turning there right now as you can hear the pages of the New King James Version coming about. just love the bible it's just a, a awesome book i mean really it holds no bars it shows the good the bad and the ugly you know in dealing with the human race and again how we can learn from these things and come to grips with a loving god through a loving savior that we too can experience this grace that god has given us so i'm going to read the story which is found in second samuel the 11th chapter and one through let's say 15 verse okay so it is written it happened in the spring of the year at the time when the kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. Verse 2. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. Verse 3. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, verse 4. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house, verse 5. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I am with child, verse 6. Then David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. Verse 7. 
When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war prospered. Verse 8. And David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and a gift of food from the king followed him. Verse 9. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. Verse 10. So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Uriah, did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Verse 11. And Uriah said to David, the ark and the Israel and Judea are dwelling in tents and my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encampeth in open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Verse 12. Then David said to Uriah, wait here today also and tomorrow, and I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Verse 13. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And in evening, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord. But he did not go down to his house. Verse 14. In the morning, it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. I'm going to continue to read. Verse 15. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront for the hottest battle and retreat from him. Then he may be struck down and die. Verse 16. So it was while Joab besieged the city that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew that were vigilant men. Verse 17. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab and so of the people of the servants of God. Excuse me. Servants of David fell and Uriah the Hittite died also. Verse 18, then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war and charged the messenger saying, when you have finished dealing the matter of the war to the king, if it happened that the king's wrath rise and he says to you, why did you approach so near to the city when you fought? Did you not? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Verse 21, who struck Amalekah, the son of Jezerubbath's? Was it not a woman who cast a piece of milestone on him from the wall so that he died in Tezba? Why did you go near the wall? Then you shall say your servant, your brother Hittite is dead also. And I'm going to stop there. So we get the glimpse, of course, of the story. We understand that from verse one, it was war happening. And of course, King David was supposed to be there with his troops, but he wasn't, though. He was out of place at home. And as the saying goes, 
Idle time is the devil's playground. And this is what took place with David Sally. As he was in an idle state of mind and being tempted by this beautiful Bible says, taking a bath, and he pursued her in such a way that he transpired to be intimate with her, of course, committing adultery. And also, not just committing adultery with another woman's with another man's wife, but also plotting to kill him because of course Uriah was a very devout servant of David. You know, he did not feel right being at home, you know, eating food and drinking, having shelter when his men were out on the fields fighting. So here we have it that he was that Lord to David, and David still pursuing the fact that he wanted to cover up his tracks saying because he knew from hearing that she was saying that she was with child that if he was to go home in a drunken state that he sleep with her then he would believe that the child was his which in fact was king david's child is this going to see interesting to see how Lies begat lies begot more lies in the situation because you have to lie to cover up a lie and this is what King David actually experienced sadly uh, during his time in this particular situation so we have it that of course the plan for King David to put Uriah in the heat of the battle and then of course when things got hot for the actual army to retreat and basically leave Uriah there in the midst of all this violence and of course it killed him and now King David is pretty much scot free you would think right all things are naked towards God he sees everything we cannot hide from him nor ourselves nor anything so now we have it that Nathan the prophet brings forth a parable to King David and this is interesting to see that being a king you know you have authority and sadly King David abused his authority by doing such an act. And he was wrong. And Nathan, being the prophet of God, the mouthpiece of God, could have brought forth so much wrath upon him. But God, being merciful, he he draws us close to him by his good acts, his kindness, and his mercy. And even dealing with King David, he brought forth such characteristics to him. He could have outrightly just put King David on blast but he didn't he came to him in such a way as far as telling him a parable to go beyond the intellect because of course King David was in a state that he was lying he was you know defending his reputation and that if Nathan the prophet would have came to him in a intellectual way with evidence you know point blank of the situation 
King David would probably denied it. He would probably try to rationalize it, justify it, as we humans do. But just peep game how God uses his intellect to go around King David's intellect to go straight to the conscious. And I'll be reading from 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. And the Bible says, Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds. Verse 3. But the poor man had nothing except one ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and laid in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. Verse 4. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Verse 5. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. Verse 6. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Verse 7. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah and if that had been too little I also would have given you much more why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight you have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword you have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammonon. Verse 10. Now therefore the sword has the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Verse 11. Thus said the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversaries against you from your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. Verse 12. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the son. Verse 13. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme the child also who was born, to you shall surely die. Verse 15. Then Nathan departed to his house.
Wow. That is truly and dearly deep. So you have it that King David was told a parable which brought forth the reality of his own state. Went straight to his conscience. He knew it was wrong. He knew the parable of the, the man who had a traveler come from far away to not take of his own flock, which he had many, and to take this other man's ewe lamb and to make it ready for his friend who was coming, who has come from a long travel. It was very much so selfish, self-righteous. It was ungodly in all on all levels. Yes, David, you are the man. It really put in perspective what David really did. And that's why at the end, he truly and dearly came to grips with it. In verse 13 of chapter 12 of 2 Samuel, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. So he recognized the sin. Of course, we understand that from this guilt that he has sinned against the Lord, we have Psalms 51. Because David understood the depths of his sin as it was brought to his attention. But because he put away his sins, the Bible says that David was not to die. But the son that was born out of this sinful nature, the sinful act, was to die now I, I brought forth this story because it actually was a sermon that uh, the pastor at the church that I attend actually brought forth this message he was going through a series of grace and uh, Pastor Rick Johns of uh, Only Seventh Day Adventist Church shout out to Pastor uh, Rick Johns in the congregation at Albany Seventh-day Adventist Church. Much love to y'all. It's my family right there. But he actually brought forth, you know, grace in our deepest sin. And he brought this to the table, this story that has been told over and over again. And what brought my attention to this, as far as being my first episode and dealing with the crime of the king, was that Jesus is referred to as the son of David multiple times in the gospel. And here we have it that the son of David was to die in this story because he was a son of David. He was from the offspring of David. And here it is that this very scene in 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter, as far as the death of David's son, as it is titled, verse 15, foreshadows the love of God through Christ Jesus. This child, I never seen this before until Pastor Rick Johns pointed out. Because you get the characters, you got Uriah, you got King David, you got Bathsheba, you got the adultery, you got the war. 
But many times I've missed the fact that this child died. A death that Mo, that, excuse me, that David was supposed to actually undertake. This child was innocent. This child had nothing to do with his decisions. The only thing that was brought about the child was because he was a consequence of the sinful act. But the child itself was innocent. In the same manner that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, Jesus was tempted as we were tempted, yet without sin. Jesus was innocent. And he, just as the child or the son of David, and this dealing with Bathsheba was innocent, took David's sin, foreshadowing what Jesus would do for him and us. This is a beautiful illustration of God and how Jesus took upon our sin and what we deserved and he gave us what he deserves the child gave David life because the child took the blunt of the sinful act that David committed just as Jesus bore our sins on the tree and died for us this is the beauty of God's grace and this is what we can learn and make it actable make it practical in our lives that yes there is grace even in our deepest sins even in a moment of trial and tribulation which we may have thought we have committed the unpardoned sin 